Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello there, my very good friends. On today's wrestling news, the top rope collapses as the demon, not the fiend, wrestles Roman Reigns <laughs> at Extreme Rules. A major return at last night's Extreme Rules pay-per-view as well. Seth Rollins was ready to strangle Vince McMahon after this WWE match. And a huge WWE Championship match has been announced for tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. I'm Adam Wilborn. And I'm Andy Murray. And I need some sleep. This <laughs> Is the news. We're going to kick things off by talking about the finish to the main event of Extreme Rules 2021, which was the top rope collapsing by design. It wasn't just some crap, you know, mm. ring Was work. it the Fiend? Well, who knows? Fiend magic is in the air every single time. Uh, but yeah, it was a pretty good walk and brawl between Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. I particularly appreciated Roman Reigns putting a little mask on oh. to go in the crowd as he was walking around the arena, beating Finn Balor up. It got to the point where the Usos ran in. There was all kinds of swarming on Finn Balor. But Balor got the better of them. Uh, he put Jay through a table. Then he got speared through the barricade himself by Roman Reigns, which got a massive pop. And then something weird happened. The heartbeat, the music, the lights started playing up. The music seemed to will the demon back to life. <laughs> it was kind of, he like convulsed a little bit, then sat up and then started kicking ass. He got back in the ring. Roman Reigns is at his mercy. He's here. Finn Balor, I keep calling him the fiend in my head by accident for some reason. Top rope, suddenly the top rope just collapses. Finn Balor falls on his effing arse, in the words of uh, Davy Boy Smith. <laughs> and uh, in comes Roman Reigns with the spear. One, two, three. That's your finish. The top rope collapsing. Ah, made a loud noise. I suspect you're going to be a little bit kinder to this than me, so I'll open it up to the positive take. Well, I, I, if, I, if you have one. I will say this. Fair play to Finn Balor for taking that bump. That was a rough old... It's just going to collapse and you're going to go straight yeah. down. And he was selling the leg afterwards and I didn't know whether, to be honest, if that was in you know in storyline yeah. or genuinely uh, you know an actual injury. We'll obviously update you as, when, as and when we get news on that. Look, it was a bit of a bollocks ending. I looked on social media afterwards. Look, it's one of those things where, as always, Phil and I are doing this stream... We enjoy yeah. the show maybe slightly more than people who are just taking it in as, as, as fans on their own. But even we were sat there going, oh, we're not 
too sure about yeah. that, and I really didn't see it much as protecting the demon. Yeah, my my kind of take on it is if you have a match where you feel no one can lose, right, which is kind of an argument that's going around at the moment, that Reigns couldn't drop the Universal title, which I agree with, and mm -hmm. the demon couldn't lose. Why book it in the first yeah. place, right? Why why book yourself into that position? Why not just have Big E versus Bobby Lashley on the show instead? That would have yeah. been a perfectly fine main event. Or Bianca versus... Uh, who on earth was Bianca Belair Becky. facing? Becky Lynch, of course. How can you forget Becky Lynch? Hmm. Uh, for me, this is like they've booked the deliberate shockmaster here. They've they've booked Dean Ambrose losing to an exploding TV again. And book look, Hell in a Cell 2019, which we'll get to. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. I mean, Phil was desperately scrambling around to, to sort of protect the demon and not have Roman lose, and he he had Brock coming down and murdering everyone. In the end, no Brock Lesnar appearance. And I, uh, you know, I sat there afterwards talking with Phil and saying like. You know, some people in the comments are saying, maybe it was Paul Heyman cutting the ropes. Maybe it was a fiend. Maybe it was a, an act of God. The fiend. And the thing is, we all know what's going to happen. We're going to sit here and go, ooh, what was it? And then SmackDown's going to happen on Friday, and they're just going to go, cool, yeah. Brock Lesnar, a crowd jewel. Yeah, so. the, the announcers had moved on to Brock Lesnar immediately straight away. And that's another problem with this match, is that you knew the Demon wasn't winning. Yeah. They've already booked the Brock Lesnar match for Roman Reigns, and you know that's like a money match for WWE. I don't know, like, you, you kind of keep, the, it's wise to keep the booking in WWE at arm's length, but we're going to criticize it when we think it's bad. We're not going to dress it up and say, no. hey, this was, maybe this was great and all this stuff. It's like, nah, this wasn't good. History is on our side with this stuff. Look mm. what happened to Dean Ambrose and his character and how he became a rodeo clown after he jobbed to singing ghosts and oh. blowing up TVs. It's just, historically, this hasn't worked out well for them. And I hope it works out well for Finn Balor, but I'm dubious. Controversial take following the second story in the news today. Sasha Banks returned on last night's Extreme Rules pay-per-view to ruin the ending of the SmackDown Women's Championship match. It looked like maybe Bianca Belair was about to regain that title from Becky Lynch. Brilliant back-and-forth battle between the two of them. Bianca Belair doing feats of strength that just astonish me every single time. In the end, she finally got Becky Lynch up for the KOD when in slides Sasha Banks, who's been missing. She was, of course, meant to face Bianca Belair for the title at SummerSlam. She slides in. She attacks both women. Uh, she initially lays out Bianca Belair. And then Becky Lynch does a whole, are we okay? Thumbs up. All right. And then she double legs her and beats her up as well and obviously sets her sights on the title. Now, I saw a lot of people understandably getting annoyed about this, but the fact this match went to a DQ. But I'm going to repeat the take. I probably shouldn't have given at SummerSlam again. I actually want to see where they go with this. You know, I know a lot of people said, no, oh, you shouldn't have jobbed out Bianca Belair in 26 seconds, but then we wouldn't have got this mint match at Extreme Rules, which again, is undermined slightly. Oh, we're going to disagree on this finish. one. <laughs> but, I mean, look at the three women we've got going forward. Now, I've no idea where it's going to end up. You've got Survivor Series. Is it going to be Becky versus Charlotte? Is all this going to have to be put on hold? You've got Queen of the Ring. You've got Saudi shows. What's going to, how's that going to work, basically? But, You've got Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and Bianca Belair all circling for now before the draft around that SmackDown Women's Championship. It is white hot for me. I'm the opposite. <laughs> hey! That's, okay. That's how it works. Yeah, I don't know, like... I, I don't think with the way Bianca Belair has been booked since winning the title that this was a good idea. She's not been booked well, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. She has the feud with Bailey where they rob her of her confidence, they bring that into question, and that was always her biggest strength. Suddenly she's no longer the greatest, the fastest, the most confident, whatever yeah. EST things you want to add, most confident isn't one of them, but you get <laughs> you get my point. So the Bailey feud misfired, regardless of in-ring quality and everything else. Uh, she moves into this feud with Becky where she loses in 26 seconds, and throughout the thing she's outdone at every single level, including in her hometown. Every week she's getting outdone. But uh, Bianca Belair on television 
beating up, jumped, whatever, whatever. And you get to the pay-per-view where you want this heel comeuppance, where you want this Conor McGregor-esque yeah. character to finally get punched in the mouth and, and end in the victory and everything else. And that's the logical way to end this story. And hey, it kind of sucks that we have to have Becky lose her first big match back, but it's the right thing to do. And then it's a DQ and it's the most cynical thing in the world. And now we have a triple threat and triple threats are never as good as singles matches. In my opinion, people out there might disagree. I don't like anything about this. Sadly. The but the match was good. Like the match was good up until the finish. Um, but does that really mean much when the finish kind of? Yeah, that's fair. It, it's a divisive one, understandably so. And again, like you know, I'm just going to give you my true opinion. If you disagree, that's fine. We disagreed right here. We're not fighting. We're not brawling. Uh, Twitter will be because that's how that works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let us know what you think down it's, in the comments. It's a decision. I think I do agree with you. Like I don't like having to put the caveat of like it was a great match until the DQ Same. because all I'm going to remember is the DQ. It's it's enough to make you want to strangle Vince McMahon, isn't it, Andy Murray? Just like Seth the Chef Rollins did in December, was it? No, it was October 2019, wasn't it? Hell in a Cell. Yeah. It was late 2019. Uh, what match made Seth Rollins want to strangle Vince McMahon? Well, of course, it was the match with the Fiend inside Hell in a Cell. The match that I don't think anyone in the universe liked. No. Not Seth Rollins fans, not Fiend fans, not WWE fans. Bad, bad, not good. All kinds of no-selling comedic hammers. A DQ referee stoppage in a hell in a cell. It's an all-time not good match. Uh, and Seth Rollins was on Broken Skull Sessions, which I will be discussing in greater detail later on, by the way. We'll have things we learned. That'll be out later today. Look out for that. Um, one of the things he talked about was this match. And he went into detail on it. He said his vision, his embraced vision for the match was much different to what had happened. Uh, <laughs> but they performed it to the best of their ability. In the end, however, the booze piled up. The audience didn't get what they want. And that was a tough pill to swallow and a sucky feeling in his own words. But he went on a bit. And I'm going to read you a quote here from this. I put a, pos I put a positive spin on it now. He talked about how like, it informed his character change and his heel turn and everything else, which is a fair point. Mm -hmm. um, I put a positive spin on it now because I can look back a year and a half later but at the time, I came through that curtain and I was ready to strangle Vince McMahon. Boy, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. TJ Wilson, Tyson Kidd, was there to hold me back. I stared right into Vince's eyes. I looked at him. He looked at me. We didn't say a single word to each other. And he walked out. He had a talk with Paul Heyman afterwards, which led to him, in his own words, getting Paul Heyman. Uh, <laughs> and then he spoke to Vince the next day. He was much calmer, much more civil, uh, and just wanted to ensure that it never happened again. But to kind of sum this all up, uh, Seth Rollins said, in my head, if you go back to the match, I'm convinced that if it would have went our way, it wouldn't have been voted the worst match of the year by the Wrestling Observer, which is something they touched on in the interview. Mm. So... It's a good interview, Seth's really, right. he's really honest, and Seth's a guy you look at and you go, he's a company guy, he's going to toe the line, all this stuff, but he opens up here, uh, it's a good interview, and I'll share my deeper thoughts on it later on, but it's an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Strangling Vince with I mean, yourself. who can blame him? Like you say, I mean, even at the time, we were sat there going, what did they think was going to happen when they booked this? You, you talk about, you know, uh, the, the Fiend there, and you talk about the Demon here. Like, I remember when they booked it, and I was like, it's really quick to book the Fiend into a title match, so he can't lose... And then they were like, well, we don't want to give him the title yet. We want to save that and for some reason do that in Saudi Arabia. And I still don't know whether that was the long-term plan or they just went, oh, look at that reaction. We have to put the title on him now. Like, if you wanted to put the Fiend in Hell in a Cell and go, ooh, a spooky Fiend in Hell in a Cell, have him against literally anyone. Yeah. He just beat Finn Balor, have him face 
I, I, I don't know, just pick a mid-card guy yeah. who's not doing out and go, there you go, kill him. And Eat him. Himself. Eat yeah. him alive. Ridiculous. Completely understandable. And I'm fascinated to see what you think about this at Broken School Sessions because I think it's really good. I've yeah. seen some clips already doing the rounds about how Brock Lesnar... The big takeaway here, number one entry should be Brock Lesnar's an absolute top boy, basically. That's what I've seen. <laughs> lots of beers and lots of cause light men mentions uh, from Seth Rollins in this. But yeah... Could drink I, a real beer. The, not the they? first, yeah. Not the first <laughs> and probably not the last time someone's walked right through that curtain and gone, I'm going to kill that old bastard. Uh, right, let's move on and talk about <laughs> Monday Narrow. It goes down tonight with a WWE Championship match. Bobby Lashley getting his rematch for the belt he lost when Big E cashed in on him tonight. Basically what happened, uh, Extreme Rules uh, on the kickoff show, which for some reason featured Liv Morgan versus Carmella. They just got punted off to that. Sorry, girls. But... <laughs> They yeah. showed the New Day arriving in the midst of an AJ Styles and Omos interview. Then Bobby Lashley piled in. Big gold brawl. And, and Postman Pierce waved his oh, Stop it, everyone. And then they booked a trios match. Sorry, Michael Sidgwick. For the actual show. <laughs> in the end, it was Big E pinning Bobby Lashley in that match. But that was due to some miscommunication. They just couldn't get along uh, between him <laughs> and AJ Styles. Later on in the night, we saw a promo from Bobby Lashley. He was effing a Jeff. And he said the S word, Andy Murray, to say you're a piece of Basically, I think AEW is a trademark on that word these yes. days. Yes, oh, goodness <laughs> me. He said, you're a piece of shush, uh, you biggie. I want my rematch. I want my title back, blah, blah, blah. You, you're a coward for cashing yeah. in on me when I just fought Randy Orton and hurt my leg. And then Big E later on responded and said, oh, me, me, me. Shut, your, shut your mouth up, basically. You can have the match. It's booked for tonight. WWE Championship on the line. Big E versus Bobby Lashley. I hope they don't start with this and then do some bollocks and do something at the end of the show. <laughs> I'd spend the whole of this show building up to like a 25-minute war between these two yeah. because the, the brief interactions between them at Extreme Rules were great. Yeah, I'm sure this will be a very good match. I think like there are issues with the book. Uh, people are going to get on to me for this, but there are issues with the booking when the guy who gets pinned on the pay-per-view has a title shot the next night. That's mm -hmm. It's not good pro wrestling booking. Uh, but... The match will be really good, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, Raw recently, WWE in general, have done a good job of booking things that people are going to want to see. This week we saw it with the the, the trios match yeah. unfolding into the triple threat main event. That was smart. That helped their ratings. That was a good idea. Uh, putting this on TV will certainly help them against Monday Night Football again. So yeah, uh, it is what it is. You take the good with the bad. You keep it at arm's length and you go, hey... Maybe I'll get a good match of this out, out of this at the very least. One thing they've got to do is have a result tonight, though, because Definitely. they cannot roll this over to Saudi Arabia. Well, actually, they probably won't. They could. They very well could. But they got Bobby Lashley and Goldberg. <laughs> Men slept me. Yeah. So there's that. I don't know what you do with Big E and the world title. You want me to assume? We bloody hope he retains tonight. But Gage, yeah. Gage Goldberg. Yeah. There you go. Give me an actual, <laughs> give me an actual result, and I think they will do that tonight. I hope I they hope will so. do, and I expect to be in here tomorrow. Apologising for getting something completely wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we're never wrong. Yeah, let's move on to your Twitter questions at What Culture WWE. Of course, we want to get in touch with this. Shaq gives us our first question of the day. He says, with the announcement of WWE doing a UK pay per view, that was an exclusive. Me and Phil reported on that just before our Extreme Rules pay-per-view live stream. You can go back and check that out right now. They are supposedly coming to a 90,000-seat stadium. Pataudry in Aberdeen. There we go. Potentially uh, in <laughs> September 2022, 30 years since you know SummerSlam, of course, at Wembley, all that sort of thing. Anyway, Shaq says, with the announcement of WWE doing a UK pay-per-view, do you think they could use, they could think outside the box and use a cricket stadium, the Oval or Lords, to host it? The crowd would mostly be ground level. I think it would be very cool. It would look unique, wouldn't it? A, mm -hmm. cr a cricket stadium. But um, 
I think like sight lines might be an issue yep. if you do something like that, right? If you're all the way at the back in this flat section, you're going to have trouble seeing anything. Uh, you're going to have loads of seas of people in front of you and everything else. I think the beauty of like a basketball stadium in the US is that the floor is relatively small yeah. and there's everyone's tiered up. Even a bigger stadium, a football or whatever, the majority of people are still going to be in the stands. So I agree that the aesthetics would be awesome. It would look unique. Mm. Uh, but it might not be a great fan experience if you're on the floor. No, I would be bowled over if they did it at Cricket Shut Ground, up, man. I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> I think it's going to be Wembley because it's Wembley and it's SummerSlam and it's 30 years on, although it's not the same Wembley, obviously. But, you know, there's the suggestions. It could be places like Old Trafford. You are spoiled for choice in terms of football grounds that have huge yeah. capacities here in England. Dodgy. Just, oh, I'm just so bloody happy we might actually get some pay-per-views over here after they tempted us and said, oh, yeah. If there wasn't a pandemic, Firefest would have been here last year. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Anyway, the second, second question <laughs> comes from Mike Gamel. Gamel? Mike says, Hi guys, <laughs> Jeff Hardy G. has been a face for 95% of his time in WWE. What do you think about him changing up and having heel Hardy versus mm. Damian Priest? Jeff already says he admires Priest. Could that admiration turn into jealousy? Ooh, could it, could it indeed? I don't think we'll see that. I think we'll see Jeff continue as a babyface, right? I think he still has certain connection with the crowd. Yeah. Uh, at this level in his career, when he's in his 40s and he's not quite uh, what he used to be, it's kind of nice to just have him as a sort of nostalgia guy, I think. And that's not to discredit what he can still do in the ring. He's still very good. Um, but I don't think they'll turn him heel. They've just given him his theme back as well to, mm. like, to pop the crowd a little bit more as well. So I don't see them going in that direction, but I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. It could well be a respectful title fight that you have, although I sense they may even continue with this Sheamus thing, because yeah. although he got pinned, he just broke kicked Jeff Hardy, and he'd fallen out of the ring, and he'd gone after him, and then, yeah. then Damian Priest rolled him up. But he's probably someone, Damian Priest as US champion, who is going to benefit from the draft in a few weeks, and then just bringing in some new faces, yeah. some new mid-carders for him to fight against. Brian Carson, congratulations, Brian Carson. He won the boss battle. He won uh, all those tops. Fantastic slam attacks trading cards uh, from us as a result of that. But Brian gets involved on the news questions as well, saying, with what happened to both Finn and Bliss, could we be in store for some sort of odd pairing between the two as a result of the draft? Finn is her new friend. Okay. Uh, what if Finn is the new Lily? Could he, could he dress up? Could he dress up as the doll costume after the other one got torn apart? I and mean, yeah. Best? Of a leg. So that but, did look well funny when it had no stuff in it. It was, it was kind of funny when she was like crying in the ring. Why did she have an Alka-Seltzer so in her mouth? That's what I want to know. Just, yeah, maybe she's got really bad indigestion. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. It's tough out here with all that black goo in your guts, you know. Probably leads to a severe Gaviscon need. Um, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, Finn in a doll costume might be fun. I don't know. Just, He's a very just, handsome guy. He could probably pull it off. Bastard. How many times has he got to reinvent himself and make himself mint in NXT? And they go, oh, cool, you can come up and smile for a bit and then we'll bury your other character. Job yeah, to put him back. Like, he, was, he was really good in NXT. Yeah, really, really good. It's, it's a shame. Yes, right. Let's move on to today's. <laughs> and finally, I just saw this doing the rounds last night and I was astonished to see it. Shout out to Tom, at not that Tom Green, who shared the fact that Jeff Jarrett, he used to have his kids babysat by one Taylor Swift during her DNA <laughs> what? meetings. Um, she had a friend in the family and we became family friends. She's in the community. When mine came out, she came over to the house and Jeremy Borash, we were having a creative meeting downstairs. Taylor would come over and get the girls and take them back to her house and they'd bake cookies and all that kind of stuff. One day, Taylor brought over Joe Jonas. 
What the hell? What is going on? <laughs> Taylor good. Swift was a babysitter for Jeff Jarrett's kids. And George Ornis came over for cookies. Jeff, yeah. What the hell? Is Jeff Jarrett the most interesting man who's ever lived? I he's, think he's up there. He's certainly up there. One of the yeah. best podcasts out there that isn't ours, of course. But uh, Love to have him on sometime. Yeah, Good how Jeff. has this not come out before now? Yeah. That's all I know. Can we get Jeff on for a podcast where he just tells us weird stories about Absolutely. celebrities? Absolutely. Well, we can give him some exposure, yeah. you know, really help that podcast rise up to number one. Well, number two. Yeah. Number one. one time he had uh, Curly Watts over for lunch. So we've been warned. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts on that and all today's news stories in the comments section down below. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe and subscribe to What Culture Wrestling uh, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Myself and Sidgwick looking back on the results of Extreme Rules and looking ahead to Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. Plus, you can let us know your thoughts and Twitter questions on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. Follow both of us. You can follow Andy Murray at... Follow me at Andy H. Murray. Today's H... Stands for uh, hylotomous, which is another word for woodcutting. And I've picked this word because it's a really overcomplicated word for a simple, stupid yeah. thing. And that sums up last night's pro wrestling booking quite well. Fantastic work. You can follow Beautiful. me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. But for now, my thanks, Andy Murray. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 